Hey all, welcome to the Impact and Influence podcast series. I'm Chetna here, your host, a corporate professional turned into an entrepreneur, mother of two amazing kids and a lovely dog. I'm here to help the aspiring entrepreneurs to identify their niche and build a business around it. The intent of this podcast series is to know and learn from the entrepreneurs, their successes, their challenges, their failures, their habits, and above all, how they have transformed as an individual. My dear awesome people, here comes one more story with one more entrepreneur. So let's just dive in. Our today's guest is a 53-year-old passionate baker. Yes, she is Anita Nambir, who started her own venture uh, called What's Baking. So now let's listen to her, what it took for her to uh, start a venture and how was her journey? Welcome, Anita, for the Impact and Influence podcast series. And first of all, I would like to thank you for taking out time. And uh, because time is the most valuable thing, which I value the most. So uh, welcome once again. And uh, before we could start, I just want you to share uh, about this that you were doing earlier and how did you got into this journey? Thanks, Chetna. It's amazing being online with you on this podcast. Uh, and... A little bit about myself. Well, uh, as I said, I've been working for almost 20 plus years in various corporates. Uh, amazing journey. Uh, but at a point of time, I realized that I would like to branch out and do something on my own. And uh, baking being my passion, mm -hmm. uh, that was what I wanted to set out and do something different there. Uh, I started about four years ago. And honestly speaking, it's been a learn, fail, learn, fail uh, till I've reached this point where I, I decided that, and I think in a way, uh, COVID-19 helped for me to formulate and freeze on an idea. Uh, a lot of people are looking for, you know, um, healthy uh, options mm -hmm. where, and hygienic options. And that's where the idea for frozen cookie dough and uh, uh, hot chocolate mixes came about. Okay. So yeah, life has been amazing. I'm a single mom. I have a son uh, and um, I stay in Hyderabad, amazing place to be in. Okay. And uh, well, the, the idea is to start off in Hyderabad and then go pan India. So hopefully I'll be seeing a lot of India, <laughs> those places that I have never seen, love to visit them. Uh, well, hobbies are basically I love to read and right now I'm into Turkish TV channels, okay. the TV series, which is like, <laughs> I don't understand the language, but I love the serials. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm doing right now uh, when I'm not working. So yeah, that, that's, that's about me. So you were, yeah, telling, quite, quite. No, you were telling about your corporate experience for 20 years. So what all kind of, which all divisions you worked and what kind of experience you gained uh, and that is you are able to implement here in your business. So I worked in Tata Cellular. Uh, Tata Cellular does not exist right now. It became Idea Cellular. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the time when I joined, uh, it had just started functioning. So when you work in, the, in an organization that is, that is just starting up, uh, you have scope to do so many different things because it doesn't, it's not only about your job. It is, you do every job that is required. So the learning there is how to just jump in 
innovate, create, mm. do things. You just have to do it. There is no, you know, process. You set up those processes. Mm. So the learning there was amazing. Then I joined Satyam. Mm. Now in Satyam, I was uh, in an admin function. So over there, again, you're dealing with so many different variables. Uh, things are always changing. That everything is fluid. Uh, and that, I think for the first time I started interacting with vendors, which I had never done earlier. So uh, you learn about the market, you learn about the business and uh, interacting with the, I've always interacted with senior leadership. So you learn so much from them in terms of how they operate, uh, how they manage people. Uh, and I, I think that's a very big part of, you know, uh, running an organization is being able to uh, just organize your various activities and be, be uh, you know, uh, very focused in what you're doing. Uh, then I joined Google in HR. Uh, mm -hmm. I was uh, the benefits lead for India and Thailand. And uh, Google is a different ball game altogether. It's, it's not like your regular corporate. So mm -hmm. it, it allows you to be entrepreneurial. So you are allowed to go out there, find something that you want to do, and do it. They will support you 100%. Okay. So, you know, you, you could, I could, for example, go out there and say, this is something I would like to introduce to for the Indian, uh, you know, uh, offices. Mm -hmm. And they will hear you out. They will let you go out there, do your research mm -hmm. and figure it out. And if they like the idea, then they will let you go out there and implement it. So you yeah. can be innovative and creative at the same time. And I think that was very important. And then Google also gave me, you know, the opportunity to go out of India mm -hmm. and see what happens out there. You know, mm -hmm. how, how uh, we can benchmark Indian products on a global scale. Okay. Uh, if you're very focused only on what's happening in India, you don't really scale up and benchmark yourself in terms of quality uh, with the global market. So, mm -hmm. I, and I, I'm saying this in a nice way, but I think I'm also a part of that is that chalta hai attitude doesn't work there. Getting so we it. need to be able to focus on minute, small little things mm -hmm. uh, that maybe your customer is not looking for, mm -hmm. but would be a feel good factor when you really do it for them. So Google that way set me on this entrepreneurial journey. Uh, let me think that yes, it is possible for me also to be able to become an entrepreneur and to manage many various facets of business. So, so yeah. that, that, that's my journey with this. <laughs> it's a very, very rich experience and very rich learning. I think the last job which you were there, I think which you told the Google, uh, when people allow you to take your own decisions and be responsible for your own decisions, somewhere I think uh, we'll be more, uh, I mean, we'll take a responsibility for each and every act what we do. So that's a good thing. I think I think you should be thankful that pushed you to become a, an entrepreneur, actually. Absolutely. I think uh, more Indian companies should allow their employees that much of freedom mm. to be able to come up with ideas that will help the company improve. Correct. You know, it, it shouldn't be that only top management is taking decisions mm -hmm. and everybody else is just following them. And, and, and that mindset has to change. Uh, I think that was one thing that I learned at Tata's, which was mm -hmm. just phenomenal. 
they don't treat you as an employee they treat you as a member of the tata family which means that you as a part of that family can go in there and share ideas do stuff that may not be part of what your job really defines you know the, your role defines you can do stuff and i think that was an amazing part of being part of tata uh, and uh, google has that entrepreneurial you know set up so i think they both worked very well together so uh, anita like how did this thought of getting into a uh... baked items like this idea how how did this idea come to you and what made you take that decision okay this is the thing which i need to do so as i said i love baking i've been baking for more than 30 years mm-hmm. and it's it's a true passion i when i am stressed or when i uh you know i'm upset about something if i go and bake i calm down totally oh. i i go into the kitchen and start baking and i'm like absolutely i'm extremely happy so you should always do something that makes you happy uh you know gets you excited so uh that was where i when i left i said i would like to start out with something you know in the field of baking the problem was twofold one was of course the resources Mm-hmm. in order to start a bakery you need to have a certain amount of budget which was not available to me mm-hmm. and uh, you know second was you know just just what i wanted to do and what was actually out there in the market i just didn't read the market very well let, let me put it that way right okay. uh, i went out there with this very idealistic viewpoint that i have a fantastic product and it's going to sell mm-hmm. right so i think one of the things we need to really do when you're starting out with in a business is have a fantastic idea but go out there and see if other people are really interested in that idea okay. i think that was my first fail in terms mm-hmm. of you know i have a product how am i going to for example deliver it mm-hmm. right and four years ago uh, even today swiggy or zomato if you go in for it will deliver say 4 kilometers or 5 kilometers around you mm-hmm. what if i have a customer that's 10 kilometers away Yeah. Right. So those were logistical issues which I never thought about. Mm-hmm. I just went in there and said, "Oh, I'm going to start baking. I have an oven. I have, the, you know, the recipes. Uh, they are tr- tried and tested recipes, but the rest of it, how am I going to price it? For example, that's a major, major problem that I think a lot of people have is how am I going to price my product? I would just look at it and say, I will andaza say just do something. You know, I let." some yeah. figure around what is happening in the market and you know you find that you're actually not making money yeah. because you 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 have so many hidden expenses that you don't even think about yeah so uh, that was something that i had to give up at a point of time then uh, i said okay let's start off with maybe uh, looking at what are my weaker points and what are my strengths mm-hmm. so i i i felt that uh, you know sales and marketing may not be my very strong suit so got in with a in a partnership with somebody and uh, realized down the line that there was no partnership mm-hmm. at the end of the day we hadn't really clarified who's going to do what mm-hmm. uh, and it was a total mess right mm-hmm. so uh, the expectations from both sides were not very clearly defined were not clearly understood mm. there was no written agreement mm. so you know it never really took off so again that was a flop but that i think at every stage that i flopped i learned something mm. yeah. and i think in india the biggest problem i find is that 
people don't like to fail. Yeah. So if I say I'm a failure, I'm sure that at least 100 people are going, how can she say that? Because we are, you know, sort of conditioned from small to not fail. Yeah. So, you, you know, even if you're failing, you're constantly pushing to make it successful, even if it's not going to become successful, right? Okay, the things which you're telling, one is about the market research, one is about no clarity about the finance, what is the kind of investment it would look and about, and you also had a challenge in collaboration. So how did you overcome all this? Like, I know that one part is you learn a very hard, in a hard way, the lessons, but how did you overcome all this? So I think I, I sort of, took a two steps back. I said, uh -huh. look, this is not going to work. Mm -hmm. And I, I know I should be very grateful. I, I, my son is just got an amazing business mind, though he's mm -hmm. not in business, but he still had that. Uh, he's been my pillar of strength right through. Mm -hmm. He has supported me right through. So he was like, Mario, take it. You, you do what you want to do. You have to go all out there and do it. That is the first thing. Get your mindset around I have to do it. The mm -hmm. second is you need to understand what is the requirement. Now, if you go on every street in this in Hyderabad, you will find a bakery, small, medium, large, but you will find a bakery. Where are you going to position yourself? Are you going to position yourself as an Irani restaurant, which sells, you know, those small little cakes and stuff? Uh, is it a medium scale restaurant or is it a high-end restaurant? And then you have to plan according to that. You also have to look at your resources. What is that resource that you have that will get you there? Let's say you don't have any resources. So you have only 10,000 rupees in your hand or 1,000 rupees in your hand. Then you plan according to that budget. You also have to look at it. It's going to be a long-term you know, battle to get there. It is not that I go out today and I'm going to win. So I took that step back and then COVID-19 happened at the right time. And I was like, look, I, I'm uh, looking at baking a product and se sending it out to customers. And there are multiple issues around that. And there are a lot of bakeries that shut down during COVID time. Even today, I think a lot of bakeries are finding it very difficult to reach out to their customers. Mm. So I had to look at all these perspectives and look at the product that could reach customers, which is hygienic, which is something, and this is an idea, honestly, I picked up from uh, ID. I, I don't know if you know this. Yeah, ID, yeah, yeah. ID, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So ID has this concept which says that I'm not taking away from the housewife. I'm just enabling her to make the product at home for her family in the most hygienic and most healthy manner with no preservatives, which reduces wastage. Mm -hmm. So there, there, you know, we're just making life easy for those at home without mm -hmm. really taking away from that. So I said, let me try out products that a housewife could make at home without, you know, all the other stuff of having to search for supply. Is that product hygienic? Are those bakery people really taking care to make sure that I'm getting a good product. How is that quality of the product? Mm -hmm. If I can take that and make it easy, as simple as you take out the product from the freezer, put it in your oven and you bake it in 15 minutes and your children and you can enjoy a bakery product of your choice. And it's, you've done it. Mm 
right? Yeah. I mean, the, the joy of actually doing it yourself mm. without having to depend on maybe not a very reliable, you know, uh, supplier out there. Mm. So that is how I started on with, you know, what's baking is the name of my, my brand. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's cookies. And, and, and now because I had a few, you know, requests, it's hot chocolate and various, uh, you know, varieties of that. So what are the products you have currently? So I have, uh, you know, uh, frozen cookies. So we do it in various forms. We have uh, stuff like uh, co gem cookies. We have, uh, you know, fruit cookies. We have uh, the oats cookies. We have ragi and jaggery cookies. So we, we have a variety. We also have some that are like, you know, uh, you know, brandy, whiskey cookies, uh, okay. uh, you know, stuff like that, which can... Uh, you know, address the needs of various customers. We are okay. also open because we're doing it only as a B2B business. We're also open to, you know, uh, somebody saying, you know, in this area, we would prefer having this flavor mm -hmm. or can we try out something new? And we are open to that. We are, we are open to do whatever they would like. So uh, so that that's how it came about that, uh, you know, Let's let's try out this. And I'm working actually. I have the CEO of ID, who's my mentor, mm -hmm. and he's really really helping me out. And I think that's what a lot of ladies should do: okay. reach out to people, and they're willing to help. True. I mean, True. I just reached out to, to him on LinkedIn. I don't know him. He <laughs> yeah. doesn't know me. Yeah. So I reached out to him and said, "Hey, you know, I'm starting out with this. I, this is my concept, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm I'm truly lost because mm -hmm. can you?" give me a few pointers because uh, you know they also are into uh, cold storage products so Correct. and he's been super helpful he, he he's just like you can he'll answer any question that you have and so Correct. i think that is what you need you need at least one or two people who can really take you through that journey that's and good. set you up that's really great. I think having a mentor always helps. I mean, some, it, it gives us direction and it gives us guidance. Okay. When, once we know everything is there, but sometimes we don't know where to take the next step. And that's the time these mentors or will will uh, be a very great help. Uh, so Alita, like, uh, see, there will be a lot of women like you who are very passionate about cooking, might be, uh, who are housewives, in fact, and they not have any idea what they can turn that passion there uh, to convert it into a business. So what would you suggest them or recommend them if they are good at something, how they can come up with the, uh, the business idea? What is that the first step they have to take? So I think first you need to sit down and literally write down pros and cons mm -hmm. what are my strengths mm -hmm. what are my weakness weak points mm -hmm. what do i resources do i have in hand and what are the resources that i'm lacking so for example let's say my strength is in producing a good cake or a producing a good curry mm -hmm. my what i lack in is maybe not having a very good suppliers around me. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is you need to write down these minute things. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of resources, you need to write, do I have, let's start with the basic, do I have the money? Mm -hmm. Let's assume I don't have the money, right? Let's say I don't have more than thousand rupees that I can afford to spend. So in that thousand rupees, can I make 10 dishes mm -hmm. and then increase? 
increase my profit and be able to make 20 dishes the next time. Mm-hmm. Always start small. Don't think that I'm going to become True. Dhirubhai Ambani tomorrow. <laughs> it is not going to happen. Yeah. You need to think small because all of us have this passion. Oh, I'm going to, you know, like start wow the world. Yeah. That takes a lot of time and, and it takes a lot of resources. So let's start small. Let's look at what you have, what I don't have, mm-hmm. and then see where you can find that or can you do without it? Mm-hmm. So if I don't have X, Y, Z resources, what is my way around that? Now, I also think you have WSP with you. Uh, you have a lot of ladies. Uh, maybe somebody can help you out there. Maybe yeah. somebody has what you don't have. Okay. A resource that you might need, somebody else may be able to plug in somewhere. And if we all can plug in there, I think that would be an awesome, you know, we, as a group, we can f- figure it out. Right. See, when it comes to collaboration, Anita, I think there'll be, it has its own uh, challenges, right? Yes. So how, what, according to you, what, I mean, what is the best way to find, uh, uh, I mean, the partner whom we can collaborate with? So I think a lot of time uh, you have the idea, somebody else likes the idea or has this uh, vision of being able to piggyback on your idea. Mm-hmm. So, I think what you need to be be is very clear in your mind as to what that collaboration means and how is it going to work out. Mm -hmm. So for example, it could be that the other person is going to invest in your company. You are going to give X amount of profit to that person. And if it's as simple as that, then specify that and have a written agreement. You could have another collaboration which says that you are going to make the product and somebody else is going to sell it. But that has to be very clear. What Mm. is that target you're giving the other person? What is, Mm. how much are they going to sell? How much can you make? Can you all both sync up somewhere and say, you know, find a middle ground that works for both of you. Mm. If it doesn't work, it's okay to say no and walk away rather than get into a situation where both of y'all are unhappy and it's not going to work and you find yourself, you know, in, in, uh, in the red. So don't do that. Yeah. If, if, even if you have to sell, I know, for example, there is a friend of mine who does this. She makes uh, these Sindhi uh, snacks mm. and she supplies it to people when they have birthdays or parties in, in her apartments around her. So you can start as small as that mm. and then build from there. Okay. So what uh, uh, I took it from this is like have a clear cut defined roles for each of us. And also if the skills are complementary, then it would work with amazing. And that, yeah, these are the two very, but both the, I think both the partners vision should be same so that if they are aligned, then I think they can take it for a longer time. Love it. Uh, so my next question is like, uh, uh, what is the sort of though you had a passion for baking and all so what is the kind of investment you did on yourself on learning more about creating new products so i've realized one thing uh, is that people have gone used to a certain set of products mm-hmm. right they, so for example in hyderabad you will find the uh, fruit biscuits and the uh, osmania biscuits yeah. and it's and I don't see too many people doing anything different from that, except for maybe a few high-end places. Mm-hmm. So my idea is that, okay, I'm going to break that mold if I can uh, and get in there with new innovative products and tested products uh, on people 
it, it'll take some time. So I, my audience at the moment, if I really look at it, are guys who work in corporates mm -hmm. and who have been exposed to something different. It might take a little more time for people who have not been exposed to it. But I would like to start there. So you need to identify who is going to be your customer and is your customer willing to innovate? So if you're, you're getting going ahead with a product that is not innovative, is, is something that is standard, then go for it. You, you still have an audience there. But if you're mm -hmm. trying to break through a cycle, you need to understand that your audience has to be somebody who has experienced something different and is willing to take that, you know, uh, make that little change in their lifestyle. If uh, so, that's where I'm coming from. So for my, for me, it would be more people who have traveled, who have seen different things and are willing to experiment. Uh, may not be, you know, students right now because they may not be able to afford the product, but more like, you know, as I said, corporates, uh, people working in corporates would be more the okay. people who. So okay, when you were uh, uh, finalizing or when you were trying to understand or create your own customer avatar, uh, so what are the pointers which you kept in mind? So as of now, you were just explaining it to me that uh, the corporates who have traveled across who want to uh, see the difference, uh, the products and also what are the pointers which you kept in mind when you were thinking about your end customers who would buy Kirti? So one of the things I did, which was part of the WSP uh, yeah. you know, program was speaking to customers, speaking to people you didn't know at all. So mm -hmm. I had a mix of people I did not know at all and some of them who uh, knew me have, have experienced what I can do and make. And I reached out to them and I said, hey, you know what? Would this product even be something you would look at? And, and uh, most of them were corporate guys so or housewives. Mm -hmm. And I, the pointers that I really looked at is one is, one of course is the product. What are they looking for in a product? Are, are you looking for quality? Are you looking for, uh, you know, uh, looks? How does it look when you when, when you get yeah. it? Uh, is it packaging? Uh, is it, uh, you know, uh, availability? How, how fast can I get it? Where can I get it from? Uh, ease of using. Uh, and uh, of course, the pricing. Mm -hmm. I think that play, plays a very important role in, uh, you know, dis deciding whether you're going to use it or not. Mm -hmm. uh, so these were factors that I, I looked at. They gave me their feedback. Uh, and they gave me very honest feedback. Uh, I even had people who said, no, this is not going to work. So you have to go back there and find out if there are people who are really interested. So let's say I take one batch of people who didn't show much interest. Widen your scope and speak to more people. Mm -hmm. You just might have got the, you know, not the right mix of people to speak to. But I'm saying you don't need people who are going to say yes to you for everything. Mm -hmm. I think you need to also do that research to find out if there is a customer base that, that you know, you can reach out to. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was one of the things. And the second thing that I, you know, when you talk to, when you do this conversation, you realize that uh, they're looking for products that they can just go maybe down to the supermarket and pick up. Do you have the resources to be able to reach people at that scale? Mm -hmm. So scalability is another big issue, right? Uh, how are you going to reach people? How are you going to make it easy for them to find your product? And that is why I looked at a B2B versus, versus a B2C uh, you know, uh, uh, business plan. 
because a distributor would have access to a larger okay. network than I do. Okay. So uh, you need to look at all that, uh, how, how you want to scale it up is very, very important. So Anita, how did you face the rejections? So, so I think my, uh, you know, customer service experience at Tata has really helped me there. Okay. That's one of the things you learn is the things you learn is that people are not really rejecting you. They're rejecting product, right? It's not about you. It's, they're not saying that you are, uh, you know, uh, n- not a good person or not good at this business. They're saying they don't like your product, mm-hmm. right? And, and you need to look at it on scale. If I'm talking to say a hundred people and 10 people tell me, I don't like this product. I think that's okay. You can't expect 100% people to like your product. Even if 30% say they don't like your product, you can ask them, what is it that they would like to have? Mm-hmm. What would they like to have in, in that basket of products that you are offering them? Mm-hmm. And, you, and I think one of the things we need to understand is that we can't, we have 1.3 billion people in this country. I cannot keep 1.3 billion people in this country if I want to reach out to them, right? So mm-hmm. I need to be... Uh, you know, uh, somewhere in our minds, we have to understand that there are going to be people who have different ideas and different likes and different needs. And I'm not reaching out to all those needs or I'm not going to be able to meet all that requirement. So be practical and always when, you know, the first thing somebody says, I don't like this product is you be emotional. Your feelings are hurt first. And I think the, the next step is take a step back and look at it very, very critically and very, you know, um, practically as to what has that person really said. And I usually do that because I record every conversation I have. And then I take a step back and re- go through that recording again. And then you maybe, uh, you, you get these little pointers that, you know, maybe this, they, they said they did not like this particular item. They didn't really, they didn't like all your products. They didn't like this particular item or they did not like, they did not like, uh, you know, uh, the fact that they have to bake, Mm -hmm. right? They would like a ready-made product or somebody is looking at something else entirely. So one of the things that came out of this conversation was everybody doesn't have an oven. Right. So. Uh, I don't have an oven. So if you're bringing out this product, how, how am I supposed to use it? So the, the recipes have then been, you know, modified and can be now baked in a pressure cooker. Now that's something that every Indian has. So it, it's not necessary for you to have an oven a- anymore. So when people are giving you feedback, look at it from their perspective. Uh, what are they really telling you? Right. I don't like your product did not really mean I don't like your product. It's like, I can't use your product because I don't have an oven. It was as simple as that. Okay. But the minute feelings come into it and my hurt feelings and how could they say no to me, then I've lost the message totally. Okay, okay. So it's a very clear message, uh, Anita, what you're trying to tell is like, they are not rejecting you as a person, they are rejecting your product. Yes. That's, uh, that's a very good uh, part of it, what I can say, because everybody goes through it, because this journey is not so easy. Definitely, it will be not so easy. But if you are enjoying the process of this journey, uh, you will find a way to come out of 
the way, whichever, whatever rejections you come through, whatever failures you go through, you will find out a way. Uh, what is that uh, message which you would love to share to the aspiring entrepreneurs who are thinking to start but not sure whether they would really fit in or not sure whether they really have the resources, they really have the investment to, uh, to start up their business. So what is the message you would love to share for them? So I think the first thing I would like to tell you is go for it. Mm. You know, if you want to do it, just do it. Mm. Uh, I waste, you know, don't waste your time on getting the perfect product or the perfect organization that doesn't exist. You have to keep iterating. You have to keep improving. And that takes time. And unless you take that dive off the cliff, you're not going to know how it, whether it's going to work or not. So, and the second thing is, please don't you know go to two hundred people and ask their opinion. Everybody has an opinion, yeah. and the more you listen and you go and ask people, the more confused you're going to get. Get the help of one or two people who you trust and who are who support you, and take that jump off. It might not go right the first time. You'll take feedback, improve, improve. Every organization has started at you know, that point of failure and then achieved something because they have said, okay, it doesn't work. I'm going to look at something better. If this wheel doesn't turn around, maybe the spokes are not put in right. So the wheel still has to move, right? And you need to figure that out and you're not going to figure it out, you know, instantly or as soon as you launch something. It is a constant, you know, uh, trial and error through your journey, whether you're a small enterprise or whether you're a multi-million dollar enterprise, you're still innovating, you're still changing, you're still sure. learning. The, the third thing I would say is if you don't have the resources, piggyback on somebody else. Let me give you an example. Like, let's assume that you, you are passionate about something in, you know, automobile industry, right? You can't go make a car out there, but you can make a nut or a bolt. So can you find somebody who's looking for a nut or a bolt and tie up with them? You're very random. Let's say housewives who are making curries in, at home. Is there a possibility that, you know, there is somebody around you who has, a, you know, a larger scale kitchen and you can supply to them? Or is it, I mean, you've got to go out there and be innovative in how you're going to market your product. There is a lot, there are a lot of people in, in, in the market today and they're doing very, very, you know, out of the box thinking stuff. And you've got to think out of the box. If, if you're looking at what everybody's doing and want to fit in that, then mm -hmm. the space is very small, very tight and very difficult to get into because they've already made their space. They're not letting, going to let you in. So here's what I would, I would suggest whether you have five rupees in your pocket or whether you have a thousand rupees in your pocket, whether somebody supports you, does not support you, go out there and try it out. You are going to fail. And I think that mentally you have to be prepared that I'm going to fail and I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep doing it. But also you've got to realize that at some stage, if you realize that things are not going to work, have that determination to say, I'm not taking this forward. I will look at something else or, and uh, some other, 
uh, option that you can look at around whatever you're passionate about. But don't get stuck on a failure and keep failing at the same point. It, it's not going to take you forward, right? Mm -hmm. The third thing is if you have, like, like you have uh, our WSP cohort, you have brilliant ladies out there doing amazing things. Can you become a par partner with them in some way? Let's assume that the, you know, we have a lot of ladies doing a lot of stuff in agriculture. Yeah. They're researching, they're, they're coming out with new stuff. Uh, maybe you can open a small little you know, uh, division of theirs in your city or state. Uh, can you collaborate with them on that? Uh, you know, there are ladies doing phenomenal things for moms, products that they're, they're manufacturing. Could you open a store or you know, be a distributor for them? You look at things that you can do with minimal, uh, you know, risk to yourself. And I, I uh, again will say, please don't put yourselves at huge risks where you find that you, you know, you're stuck in debt. What is manageable is what you need to invest. If that money finishes, you need to understand that there, you need to stop. Don't borrow till you're, you know, really stuck in a hard place. So these are some pointers that I'd like to tell you and reach out. There are a lot of people willing to help who are in the industry. See 90%, 99% will say no. It's okay. You're looking for that one person who's going to say yes. And that's, that's what you need to do. Never give up, never say, you know, oh, that person said no to me and I'm done. You're never done. It's, it's yeah. a journey. Uh, and like any journey, there's ups, there's downs, there's good, there's bad. Uh, there are certain days I don't want to lift a spoon, but I do it because mm -hmm. that's what you do. As housewives, I think all of us know that there are days I don't want to go cook. Yeah, Look, come on, three times a day, mm -hmm. every day is just ridiculous. But you do get up, you do do it because that's required. And the same way with business. You're, as housewives, y'all are, you know, like mega leaders of a major industry. You run your household, whether it is finance, whether it is supplies, whether it is logistics, you run the whole thing without even thinking about it. Yeah. Your business is as simple as that. The only thing you need to do is what you do without thinking. You now need to think and say, okay, this is how I need to structure it. And it's as simple as that. And even if let's, let's assume that business doesn't work for you, it is mm -hmm. not your cup of tea that's okay all everybody can't be a business person right if you tried it out you can try out something else yeah. but don't you know uh, feel that if i don't succeed in this or i cannot do this then i cannot do anything at all as i said it's a journey it's a start of a journey i am starting this journey at the age of 53 all of y'all are younger than me by decades. I don't like that, but let's say <laughs> decades. But uh, you have a long way to go. Yeah. Never give up. Never say, I cannot do it. Say, I will do it. And I'll find a way to do it. Very and easy. if you need me at any point of time to help, uh, just to talk, please feel free to reach out. I love talking. So I will, I will babble away. And I will listen to you too. And I think that that's how we all should work together. Very, very beautifully put across, Anita. And thanks for this wonderful message. I think this will really inspire the people who are still thinking and uh, 
because it, it's very simple. You put a cross in a simple way. Try it. If it don't work, just try the next one. And but don't stop uh, doing. I mean, have something in your mind and don't hold it for yourself. Very beautifully put across. Uh, Anita, uh, uh, one final question, Anita. What do you want to be known as? Well, uh, I would like to be known as an, a successful entrepreneur. Uh, I would also like to be known as somebody who, you know, who has helped others achieve their goals. It, it is not only about what you can achieve on your own and nobody is an island. You cannot live in a, you know, in a silo where you're not interacting with others and, uh, you know, the, that fear that if I do something for somebody else and they're going to do better than me should not be there in the mind. I think that crab mentality should go. We all should work towards not only being successful ourselves, but making other people successful. So if, if you can be successful through something with my help, then I would love to be a part of that journey. Just being part of other people's journeys is very important. If, if you have to look at it selfishly, look at it as you're learning something that you can bring into your business. If it has to be as selfish as that, because whatever makes you work with other people enriches you at the end of the day. And I'd like to be known as a person who has enabled in my lifetime, at least a couple of people to achieve success. Where my journey goes is a different story altogether. But if I can be a part of somebody else's success journey, I think I've achieved whatever I want to in this life. So yeah, that's where I'd like to be. That's amazing. Amazing, Anita. And it's a very nice thought of uh, you being a part of other success journey. Uh, it, 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 it's come so uh, from your heart. I can see that. And uh, thank you for your time and spending it, giving your valuable insights and learning and failures. Uh, how did you overcome all that stuff? And I think uh, the one thing what I picked up from you, Anita, it's like never give up a kind of attitude. And age is just a number. You can start anytime. <laughs> so thanks for your Absolutely. <laughs> thanks for your time. Thank you so much, Emma. It's been a pleasure. And thank you, Jim. Thank you. Take care. Hey, awesome people. If this episode has inspired you, please leave your review and don't forget to share with your friends and family on social media. Also, do follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until my next episode, don't forget to impact, influence, and live a life of your own legacy. Your host, Chetna here, signing off for now.